1: And I gotta figure out what I need oh, Welcome to the uncontested <laughs> Besides the word girl in there uh, There is never a right time to say goodbye <laughs> Russell Westbrook uh, has been traded To the Miami Heat for Oh, well, hold on, wait a second <laughs> Where
2: What are, are you are doing you?
1: right now? <laughs> Twitter told me he was getting traded to the Miami Heat for the past week
3: what lots of experts with sources told me that the the deal was inevitable all the sauces
1: a deal was inevitable it was happening it was the reason why tyler hero hadn't signed a contract russell westbrook is now a member of the houston rockets in exchange for chris paul two very lightly protected first round picks and two pick swaps the the protections on those picks those picks are what 2021 and 2025 is that correct yes and they are both protected one through four so if it's the first or the fourth pick houston keeps them if not they go to the thunder and then the thunder got pick swaps in 2022 2026 i think that's Um, right
3: um all right, I'm I Can't up keep a, up with all the picks, up, bro. Pull up a Shams tweet just to be sure. It is a 2024-2026 first round pick. Okay. both 1 through 4 protected, 2025 okay. swap 1 through 20 protected and 2021 swap 1 through 4 protected.
2: Unreal. Okay. And and from what I, I understand
1: What I understand is that they don't thunder don't just have to swap their pick. They can swap any of the first round picks they have.
2: Wow. Does that make Mm. sense? So the thunder have
1: like two picks and a pick swap. So as long as that Houston pick is better than one of the two, the thunder have the thunder can swap either of the picks because they own them now.
3: So for any Houston fans that are still interested in debating, Chris Paul versus Russell Westbrook, just know that the Rockets sacrificed four years of draft control just to get rid of Chris Paul.
2: Yep. And James Harden orchestrated it. Or not, sorry, I shouldn't say orchestrated it, but he uh, encouraged it, it seems. Pushed for it. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, not only, obviously, did Russ and, and Harden play together for such a long time on, on OKC, they also have been friends since, like, I think when they were, like, grade school, played, like, at the local... Yeah boys club together or something insane so they've been close they've stayed close that's the only silver
3: lining here is like seeing russ and harden play together like it's gonna get me misty-eyed like whenever they would play with each other at at all-star and stuff it was awesome and
2: it's gonna be fantastic and like russ's celeb uh tournament that he or not tournament yeah 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 he does every summer yeah
3: but seeing it with houston across their chest
2: is gonna make me slightly nauseous that's so true. It would have been cool, like if they were the two that went to the Clippers, like back home where they're from. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Oh, it's just I, I can't
3: believe it. I can't believe it actually happened. Like I can't this either. is this is the Russell Westbrook got traded emergency pod that
2: I didn't think would ever happen. That would ever come to fruition. I yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I. I I was I've kind of prepared as we talked about last night <laughs> for those of you that listen to our hour and a half, like almost hour and a half long pod. Um, I was I had kind of come to terms finally with trading Russ in the sense that I had accepted it. Um, obviously, I was and still am very very sad, but at the same time also excited uh, and feel refreshed about like starting over, uh, particularly with the head start that we have. That's that's why I feel that way, but that's when I thought he was going to be traded to Miami or somewhere like that. <laughs> like You're I love right. the idea of, of Russ and, uh, and Harden back together. Um, like you were saying, Justin, uh, and I even tweeted that out after the Paul George trade Friday night, I was like, so do Russ and Harden just like, say screw it and try and play together again and, and make a run for it. Uh, they're like the only two left standing and why not just join back up and see what they can do. And they did that. I just can't believe it's in Houston.
3: Should we talk about Chris Paul?
4: We should talk is, about Chris Paul. Is Nick Paul. even alive right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless.
3: Yeah. Good old Crick Cricknane. I'm just waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for somebody to go full Bagel Boss on this podcast. <laughs> bagel Boss. That was quite the video. That's probably Chris Paul when he walks into Sam Presti's office. Anyway, <laughs> so speaking of Chris uh, Paul... uh. What do you guys think? You think he gets moved? There's been some reports as the thing's kind of shaken out. There's a tweet from Sam Amick who says that the Thunder will be meeting with Chris Paul's agent. And it's possible he wants to go to Miami to join Jimmy Butler. And it's clear that there's a deal to be done there.
2: I think another one that makes sense as well is the Timberwolves. Looking for a, an elite point guard to pair with with Carl Anthony towns now i'm not sure if they do that for i mean there was talks about them trying to get in on a rust trade you know i'm not sure if they do that for an older Chris Paul with injury history, but maybe they do i don't know if they're desperate for a star i that's interesting to me but then we also have conflicting reports uh, somebody else from the athletic and I can't remember who uh, reported this right after the trade happened and then Brett Dawson tweeted out something recently uh, kind of similar echoing those sentiments that from what he's been t- told and from what his sources tell him he uh, or the Thunder made this trade um, with the understanding that they might not be able to trade Chris Paul and if they don't they could just they they basically would keep Steven keep Gallo uh, SGA and just ride with this core because I mean shoot you have so many damn first round picks now it doesn't matter if you you don't have to tank, right? You can still remain competitive, put butts and seats with your, with an all-star and Chris Paul and you still have all these picks and all these opportunities. I mean, it really doesn't matter. You don't have to tank to get it like a lottery pick. For example, you still have the opportunity to, to get a lottery pick, whether you trade for one or rather one of these other teams, it works out to where you get, get some in the future. Um, so that's interesting to me. However, I definitely am, am of the, uh, the group that says trade Chris Paul. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, get him out of here. I don't want to watch him play. I don't like him.
4: Yeah, I I was a big fan of him in his first tenure in Oklahoma City. Obviously not with the Thunder, but here in Oklahoma City. And since then, he's transformed into a very unlikable player that I don't know, even if he were to finish out his contract here until he's 56 years old, um, I don't know if I will ever be able to flip that switch back to, to liking him.
1: The flopping... The, the complaining, I mean, there, there's there been rumblings that people don't like playing with him, that he's a bad teammate. That's why there was issues in L.A. with the Clippers. That's why there was issues in Houston with James Harden. Uh, my preference is that they find a home for Chris Paul sooner rather than later. If, if it is possible to turn around and flip him to Miami now,
2: uh, go and do it. And now they have even more first round picks that they can, or just picks in general, if they can attach that uh, to kind of sweeten that deal a little bit for taking on that contract.
1: So, So Justin and I very, very briefly touched on this before we went live on the podcast. So I'll bring it up to you guys. Seeing what Houston had to give up to trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. I'm interested what a Chris Paul to Miami trade looks like if, that Sam Amick report is true. That there is a deal to be made. Like, if if you're the Thunder, would you trade Chris Paul and and the two Miami picks that you have all back to Miami uh, if it meant you could get Justice Winslow?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, essentially, at this point. They kind of I feel like they had their backs against the wall, and Russ just wanted a move to be made, obviously not the same kind of leverage Paul George had, but you know it was one of those things they kind of had to do, and if it bites them in the butt and they end up only getting essentially Justice Winslow for Russell Westbrook, I mean it's you get the cap relief, yeah, um, but I want to kind of flip your question, okay um would you rather have? Is it three years or four years left on Chris Paul's contract?
3: Three? Um, I think it's one less three. than Russ.
4: Okay. So, so yeah, assuming that's, that's right. Would you rather have these three years of Chris Paul or the one year expiring of Goran Dragic?
2: Oh, the one year expiring. That's, that's Hands down. Point. That's a really good point. So, maybe that's, that's, that's what f- they do they take right. back Dragic and, uh, or Dragic and, and, uh, and Winslow. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing huh. is Miami, um, either has to have an, exact equal dollar trade or they have to actually cut salary because of the hard cap. They're less than a million away from it right now. And if Miami is trading multiple players that mean, and to, to make money work, that means they have less players and still only a million dollars to the hard cap. And they're going to have to add players to their team, obviously. Uh, so yeah. that's where... It starts to become a little bit of an issue. Does that make but sense? That's, that's, that's but, yeah, but point. that's
4: that's that's a that's an issue for a lot of teams that consolidate assets for you know top tier players. There's, there's been a lot of times where where teams have made super teams, whether it's a a duo or a trio of, of all stars, and they essentially have to fill out their bench with nobodies, and you know two way players have to play real minutes and stuff. I I don't think that's necessarily going to hold them back a whole lot.
2: It's kind of what Golden State did after the Delo sign trade. You know, right. they uh, they went and signed like Glenn Robinson the third to like small a small contract and some players like that. Um, but I get what Jacob's saying is that like Miami has even less room, wiggle room uh, if they make a trade like a Chris Paul trade. It's crazy. So,
1: so money, this lines up almost perfectly. Uh, what if the Thunder had to do Westbrook Patterson? and give Miami both of their first-round picks back. Sorry, not why did I say Russell Westbrook. God, I hate my life. I'm so sad. (laughs) I'm so sad. Denial. Chris Paul, who is a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder.
2: That's weird. I'm
1: going to (laughs) go buy
2: another box of razor blades. Oklahoma City Hornets? Is this like 2000, uh, what was it? 2000, when did they come? 2006.
3: Yeah. 2006. I remember it well. Yep. I bought it. I, I rocked a black Chris Paul. CP3. Yep.
1: Oklahoma City Horns awesome.
3: back in the day.
1: Very cool. So, so back to what I was saying Thunder trade Chris Paul and Patrick Patterson to Miami. Plus, they send Miami both their first round picks back. So, Miami gets their own picks back uh, in return for Goran Dragic. Justice Winslow and Dion waiters
2: <laughs> man i that's tough that is tough
1: the money the uh, money is forty four point two going out for the thunder forty four point three coming in for the thunder. How many years does Dion have on his contract? Dion has this year and next year
2: okay
4: so here's the I thing it like, kind of makes sense I'm, I'm kind of thinking. I'd rather keep the Miami picks and just include those Houston picks. But man, those Houston picks are so far out. Those are almost more valuable. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. like maybe, maybe, maybe you do that trade and you give them the Denver 2020 and the Miami 2021 and leave it at that.
2: It's a possibility. I like that, I like that Denver pick, though. Particularly since the Thunder don't have a lot of uh, they have their own twenty twenty pick right uh, first round pick and then they now have Denver's and then after that it's kind of bare until what twenty twenty two Denver's
4: Denver's going to be a late twenty I mean,
2: that's true that's a good yeah that's a good point you can always, if, if they want to move up next next draft like I mean like we talked about last night you can always package some of those later picks and and move up to get the right player so I, that's a good point Nick
1: um, another thing the Thunder could um could possibly do the the same deal, but instead of waiters, you bring back uh Myers Leonard who is on an expiring, you'd have to wait sixty days to do that because Myers Leonard okay. cannot be traded yeah. with another player within sixty yeah. days of his previous trade. So you would be looking at like early September until something like that could happen. Right. But um but you could be uh be looking at, you know, I think something like that. I don't think the Thunder are just going to turn around and sell off assets uh, just to dump Chris Paul and get nothing back in return, right? If that was yep. the case, if you have to turn around and trade Chris Paul plus the two picks you just got for Chris Paul uh, to bring back bad contracts to the Heat, then why didn't you just trade Rust to the Heat in the first place, you know? Right.
2: Or, and, and then so, I was thinking this too, like it did they not do a three team trade with this because a Miami was wanting uh Russ, uh, they were competing with my, or with Houston one and two because uh Miami's hard capped.
3: Yeah. The,
5: that's what yeah. I saw okay. is that
3: they Houston would have liked to do a three team trade to send CP three somewhere else, but they're having trouble getting all the logistics to work. And so essentially that was going to fall in OKC's lap. Now I think it's, I think the, uh, as okay. far as I the gotcha. why not just trade Russ to Miami thing, it's it goes back to preference. They said, you know, it was reported Russ yeah. wanted to go to Houston from the get go, and so I think they, you know, they they did right by him.
1: Yeah, so so maybe it was Presty right. said we're going to send you down to Houston, um, and then we'll deal with the Chris Paul thing and we'll figure out how to rework that and and flip it around and send it elsewhere. Um, That's a good point. So with that, I think the Tyler Hero uh, ship has sailed. I agree. But I, I, I think the Thunder could very realistically target Justice Winslow, who to me makes a lot of sense at the three for this team if they were to to get off of Chris Paul, have a starting lineup of like Shea, Ferguson, Winslow, Gallinari until February, Stephen Adams. Justice Winslow he, he's a big and athletic wing that just kind of matches what Presti's always liked. Yeah. You know, like when, whenever we were talking about possible Miami trades yesterday, <laughs> um, I, I know I know Hero has the higher ceiling. Uh, I know he's the younger player. I know he's the cheaper player who who was on four years on a rookie deal and then a restricted free agency, where Winslow just has three years left. Um, but as far as just the type of player, I just like Justice Winslow more. Well, I, you know, I agree I, with I, you. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys too. this, which is embarrassing, but I've, I've been watching Justice Winslow like, highlight tape and stuff, um, and I just like the kind of player. He has 6'7", 225, lefty, um, pretty versatile as far as uh, defensively. Um, didn't shoot the three ball good his first two years in the league uh but since then last year uh nearly 38% on four attempts a game uh, has has a nice looking stroke can get to the basket last year averaged 12 5 and 4 um he he's just the type of player that i am into that i really
2: like that i wanted the thunder to acquire uh so maybe I really, they still uh, have I maybe enjoyed, they still have a chance to do that i don't know um last year during fantasy basketball you know, you always have about one or two spots that are kind of rotating spots throughout the season, right? But as players get hot and go through hot streaks, you look to, to add those players to one of those spots and you drop others. Justin Winslow is one of those guys for me last year whenever he took over when Drajic was hurt and uh, started playing point guard because he's putting up like a couple triple doubles. <laughs> he's putting up big stats. I mean, he looked great. Uh, ever since then, I've kind of been a Winslow fan. So, I, yeah, I mean, he's, his versatility is huge. Uh, I could really see him fitting potentially fitting well with, with SGA.
4: Can I, can I divert slightly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious and I'm sure this was discussed because Presti explores all avenues. Yeah. Would you rather have those two future picks or would you rather have had one of these deals where we like Westbrook more than Paul, but we also like Capella more than Adams and obviously Capella has a better contract than Adams. Steve has a better contract than, or I mean, uh, Capella has a better probably, contract than Steve. So you kind of flip point guards and centers.
1: Hmm.
4: You think that was discussed at all? I, uh, I, I, have, I like Capella better. And I don't, don't think my heart contract.
3: would be able to take that.
4: <laughs> That's
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. so true. <laughs> well,
1: I am. No, I am so I no. firmly bolted down to the, the Steven Adams train now that if this thing also goes off the rails, I'm going down with it and I'm
2: just ready to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the end.
3: Uh, it's yeah, interesting. I, I think, you know, as long as know. as long as OKC gets under the tax, Steven Adams contract is essentially irrelevant.
1: You know? Yes, it's a big it's a big contract. Exactly. But- That's why people keep freaking out about that. Like once you're below the tax, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. That's matter. That's a
2: really good point. Very good point. I see, And that's what I'm curious, and I'll ask you guys. So Stephen Adams, obviously, is still a crapshoot. Um, we would like to see him stay. He could be traded, but like you guys just mentioned, it's not nearly as uh, as significant. I mean, they can keep Steve, and honestly, they could keep him with the score now. They could keep him long-term. But what about guys like Schroeder? And obviously, they've been shopping Dre. Um, probably Patterson. I think Dre and Patterson are two very likely ones. Schroeder's extremely interesting to me do you think he ends up getting traded? There's so
1: many variables on the Schroeder one. Like That depends on what happens with Chris Paul, right?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: If Chris Paul does get traded, I don't think you you start Schroeder over Shea. No. Is Schroeder okay with backing up Shea? He had a problem with that in Atlanta where some of those locker room questions about him started coming up because he thought he was better than Jeff Teague and didn't want to back up Jeff Teague. But then if that is the case and Schroeder isn't going to be a team player in that aspect, you have to move him, but then you're going to have to bring a point
2: guard back in that situation. Speaking of so Nick, that article I was writing before all the Russell Westbrook stuff went down, I was thinking, or writing for Dunking with Wolves, I was thinking uh, a potential trade and the salaries matched. It was something like Schroeder and I think Patterson uh, for Teague. And like Thunder were throwing a draft pick or something like that, potentially. Um, it, you could bring bring T back as your backup, have a veteran presence for SGA, and then ship Schroeder off to uh, play with Cat. It's always an option.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like, like you guys kind of mentioned with Steven Adams' contract, now that money's not that big of an issue. You know, assuming everything kind of pans out the way we think it's going to, is having a guy like Dennis Schroeder who's still what twenty five years old on a fifteen and a half million dollar contract—is that really that bad of a deal?
2: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I think it's just kind of like what Jacob said: like, how does Schroeder feel about his role with this team now that the entire infrastructure and its core has is completely different? Um. You know, I don't. That's a, I. I don't know. Shooter's going to be very ecstatic uh, to be a, a 6 man or a backup for a team like that. I don't know. It's a and good the, point.
3: The thing is, is like you have to, you have to make Shea start. Like, there's no, there's no scenario where I want right. to see Schroeder starting over Shea or like playing more minutes than Shea. Like, I want this to be Shea's team, in a sense. You know, I want him to get as much exposure and burn yeah. as possible.
1: The 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 best chance you have at this rebuild being a success currently, and and rebuilding a team that can be a a force in the Western Conference is letting SGA play as many minutes as possible and develop
2: him and as for, much as and, you can. And the, even Diallo, Baisley, all the young guys. Yeah, Absolutely, I, yeah. I'm with My, you.
4: Am I crazy to think that, you know, obviously not this upcoming year, but two or three years down the road, a, an SGA Ferg 1-2 punch, may be one of the best lock-up guard duos when it comes to defense in the whole league?
2: Not at all. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that from a defensive standpoint. Very They're true. they
4: both long and have shown earlier in their career they can lock up.
2: Yeah, but then de-
1: depending on on what else develops, I mean, I think that's what, and we talked about this last night. This is what makes this idea of this rebuild so much fun, is the the possibilities and the potential. You know, I mean, yep. We we have no clue about Baisley, but he's a six nine wing with a seven one or six, yeah six foot nine inch wing with a seven one wingspan. Seven. Yeah. You know, who's long yep. and rangy. And he can and, the ball. And, yeah, yeah, he can pass. You know, <laughs> they, they have tons of interesting pieces that, you know, Nick, I think you're spot on. Like, I think just not even three years from now, I think right now with Shea and Terrence Ferguson, you have two of the most promising, especially defensive guards. That are young, that that are under 21 or younger in the league. Yeah. You know, I I I don't know who 21 and younger right now, besides players that are like are clearly superstars, like maybe I don't even know how old Jalen Brown is at this point or Jason Tatum. But I think you have to be really, really excited about that possibility.
2: Oh uh, yeah. I that that gets me excited, you know um we like i mean we talked about that last night it's exciting it's refreshing and it's just like like you said jacob it's just there's just so much potential and so many opportunities and i would argue that with the trade tonight those opportunities just expanded even more obviously with those draft picks but then just with the whole cp3 situation i think i mean even if you have to take back a, a you know some players like uh drogic or who else Oh, dion waiters i mean you're still in a. You get Winslow back just to play with that young core. You don't have to play those those other two guys that that much, and you're going to probably flip them anyways. So, I I don't know. I I think there's certainly a lot to be optimistic about. And Presti just put himself in a situation where he has so many different opportunities, so many different directions he can go. I mean, I was even seeing like as soon as the trade happened, people were saying, "Shoot, like okay, do you keep Chris Paul and then go try Here and get like, Bradley Beal?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I mean, I'm not saying. I, right, and I, God, I don't want to do that. Bradley Beal, man, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> the greatest thunder who never was. I guess. Uh, Did you guys know, was, know that Bradley Beal played for uh, Billy didn't Donovan know that. in
1: college?
2: Yeah, I don't
1: know if you've heard that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So apparently, it's, it's at, one of the best kept roads. secrets
1: in the league. What do you guys think about Russ <laughs> in
4: Houston? How do you think that fits? Uh, gonna go? I mean, with our luck, it's going to be the greatest fit ever and they're going to win yeah. the chip next year.
2: Yeah, hashtag Seattle curse.
1: Um, at just, So you're talking just on-court basketball-wise? Uh, it's fascinating. You know, it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Harden two, has to have the ball in his hands. highest usage players um, in the league
3: by a large margin.
1: Yeah. Uh, Harden has to have the 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 ball in his hands. Russ has to have the ball in his hands. Russ is at his best when the ball is in his hands. Um, Harden is at his best when he plays ISO, uh, no screen, step back three. You know, so which one budges? I think that's going right. to be so fascinating to watch is which one budges? Now, I don't think there's going to be an issue. Um, like, and locker room problems with those two, and like disagreements, right. like apparently Harden CP3 had, because these dudes wanted this. And this goes way back. You know, this goes right. back to whenever exactly. they were 15, 16 years old. So, and they've
2: wanted, apparently, they've wanted this. I mean, at some point, they wanted to do this again before their careers ended, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so who no, budges? I would, I would
2: argue. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, finish, finish just, your
1: thought. Just who budges and, and who, uh, agrees to have the ball in their hand less is going that that's going to be fascinating to watch my (laughs) this is going to sound so biased but it's also true I I think the the best way to make it work is for for Harden to be the one not to to take less shots but for Harden to be the one who handles the ball less because Harden is going to be a much better spot-up shooter than Russ is um so so I think it's it's definitely hardens the one that's going to have to take the back seat but on the flip side they're they're both also the type of players very much so that ton of offensive usage expend all their energy offensively and then defensively yep. um just it's coast. and now you have two of them on the same team <laughs> So you have he, uh- Capella and PJ Tucker and people yeah. like that, but we've always talked about you need to surround Russ with shooters, right? Well, what happens when you Harden runs that. the lineup of Russ, Harden, um, Eric Gordon, Eric Austin Gordon. Rivers, and and P.J. Tucker? I mean, it's That's just nonstop Russ getting downhill and kicking, which is going
2: to be, yeah. I think, good for that team.
4: He might average 14 assists a game.
2: Jacob, you mentioned which one will budge. I would argue, in order for this for that that squad to work, I think both of them are going to have yeah. to budge together. You know, like I, I think they're each going to have to to budge in their own way. Like you said, <clears throat> that probably involves uh, Harden not having not having the ball in his hands as as much, but it probably involves Russ uh, his shot selection, like you mentioned, his defense, and then uh, really just his, his number of shots and attempts per game as well. But going into it, I mean, I, that's easier said than done. I'm sure they've talked about this plenty. Uh, hey, this is how we can make it work. This is how we're going to make it work. This is our plan. Yeah, man, I don't mind shooting less for you. Yeah, man, I don't mind not having the ball in my hands as much as you. But, you know, old habits what, die what's hard. the saying about habits die? The, yeah, old habits die hard. Like it, when you get out there and it's a random night in February and you're in overtime against like the Sixers, for example, like it's going to be extremely interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's just in their nature.
1: We, we, we saw how Billy tried to change the way this team ran offense and, and it would start out one way and it would towards the middle of the season, just revert back to what it always was, you know? And yep, so, that's a good point. So I um, feel like,
3: I feel like we were all know, it's just kind of in agreement that, we all loved Russ so much that wherever he ended up, we would kind of root for that team secondarily, like we know when the playoffs come around, Oklahoma City's not going to be there, so we'd kind of root for Russ to have success in the playoffs. So I want to know, does the fact that he's in Houston change anything? Do you still think you can root for him, or is that is that different now?
1: yeah, and, and can I add on to that question real quick? so we all used to love James Harden and it's gotten to the point where a lot of us can't stand him anymore. Right. We used to love Kevin Durant. Can't stand him anymore. Those situations are different. I understand that. Do we ever get to that point with Russ where like, we, we just like, we're playing him and we're like, I hate this guy. All he does is, Is, you know, for me with Chris Paul, all he does is flop and bitch to everybody. You know, like, are we the the things that we accepted with Russ? Now, whenever we're playing against him, are we going to bitch about those things?
2: I don't think so, just because of the impact he's had on us, uh, on our organization and what he means to, to the city of Oklahoma City. But I do see us four years down the road saying, you know what? That Paul George trade was a blessing in disguise because Russell Westbrook in, in his own way, even unintentionally, uh, was holding this team, this, this organization hostage. And we weren't going to be able to win a championship with him uh, at that stage of his career. I could see us saying that in four years. I don't think like two seasons from now, when Russ is playing against us, we're going to be like, oh, gosh, I can't see Westbrook always bitching at the refs, you know, like it, it, it's a little different. Um and then Justin, to answer your part of the question, I it, it definitely makes it much more harder. I like I'm I'm obviously I'm going to be re- rooting for Russ as an individual. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be how much I'm going to be able to root for the success of the Rockets. However, come playoff time when when the, it doesn't really matter for the Thunder, uh, I certainly will probably find myself cheering slightly for for Russ and Harden to to give it a push. You know, but man, it just would be so weird seeing those two hold up a trophy. Houston. Yeah.
1: Here's the thing is, whenever they're uh, not playing the Thunder, especially in the playoffs, um, I want Russ to win it all. I want Russ like, to get his title. If,
3: if I'm looking at the right and and, right.
1: and if I have to swallow that pill I'll uh, and cheer for him in that uh, ugly ass Houston uniform that looks like um, a <laughs> uh, uni- uh, uniform that McDonald's <laughs> wears, uh, I'll do it. My th- yeah, my thing is, I, you look I, at the I, West. I think I'm
3: with you. Like, who else are you going to cheer for instead? You know, it's like, there's not, there's not, I don't want the Clippers to win it all. Like, screw that. Uh, I don't want the Lakers to win it all. I'm not interested in that. Warriors can do whatever. I'm not interested in Utah winning it all. And so you look at the contenders like, yeah, I think I probably, probably would cheer for the Rockets. I I still don't really want them to win. Like, let's just, I'm probably like a closet Bucks fan, if I'm being honest, when it comes playoff time, but (laughs) Uh yeah.
4: yeah. It's gonna be weird. That's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat when it comes to playoffs. I'm gonna be yeah. a Closet Kings fan. Uh are gonna go. make the next one. step. They're I gonna be fun. One. Um I ca- this sounds horrible for how much he's done for like the franchise and the city and the state as a whole. I sitting here right now at this point, I don't know if I could swallow that pill of watching him and Harden together. Win a ring outside it of Oklahoma City. The Thunder slander yeah, no, no, would that's be unbearable if it fair. I
2: mean,
4: oh my goodness, that's so true.
2: Yeah, right? I, I already saw. I already saw that tweet. Somebody tweeted out. It's one of those. One of those guys who's like kind of become Twitter, like NBA uh, Twitter basketball famous, and is and he has a blue check mark. But I don't think he actually works like for a a site like as an actual reporter. But one of those type of guys tweeted out something like. Now watch if this works out in Houston for Russ and Harden. uh, All their former MVPs will have won a championship, just not in OKC. And so that narrative already is they're already laying up the foundation for it. I guess we'll put it that way. I hope that Houston fans
3: accept and come to appreciate Russ. I know some in particular have been more vocal than others on Twitter.com about their feelings about Russell Westbrook. But as much as I was thinking about it when we were talking about Chris Paul and just like our level of disgust and even down to like some of the things you were saying, Jacob, I feel like Rockets fans are probably saying on podcasts tonight about Russell Westbrook, like he's selfish, he's a bad teammate, blah, blah, blah. And as as difficult as I think it would be for a Thunder fan to accept Chris Paul, I feel like Rockets fans are going to have an even harder time Warming up to the idea of Russell Westbrook.
2: I agree, but it's also different for them because they get to watch him and Harden now on the floor together, and say they get to sixty wins. Yeah, that changes. I think that uh, that attitude will change real fast. Yeah, I
4: think, <laughs> I think, I think with Rockets fans right now, they and obviously it's a little bit to a different degree their feelings of Russell Westbrook being added to the roster. Is similar to Carmelo Anthony being added to the Thunder roster a couple summers back. Like you know what his reputation is, you know kind of he's got a rep for for doing certain things on the floor. Yet you know he raises your ceiling, and you're trying to win that ring overall. So I I don't know if it's all all slander from Rockets fans, and I, I think I think the smart ones know that he raises their ceiling.
2: I and that's kind of what I've seen. like you said, it, really the smart analysts, uh, some of those big sites that we followed, uh, it, they're shocked just like we are. They're trying to uh, understand it and comprehend it, but they also are. are I think they are starting to come to the realization: like, okay, this really does raise our ceiling. Uh, particularly if Harden CP three or Harden's not wanting to play with CP three anymore. Uh, Harden and Russ have that strong relationship. Just the that best alone, you oh, know. Tonight could, could was.
3: So screenshots of two polls from I can't remember one of the Houston Rockets Twitter accounts that's popular. And the first one was I think it was literally from this morning. It might have been yesterday, but it was a poll. Would you be in favor of CP3 for Russ straight up? And it was like 54 percent said no. And then it was a poll tonight that said, are you happy with the trade? And it was like 40 something percent uh, said yes compared to there was like four choices and there was only like 20% that said no. And so it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you can trash Russ yep. all you want, but then once he's yep. actually on your team, your opinion changes a little bit.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's the case for just a lot of NBA fans is, do you have players that you can't stand on other teams, but once they're on your team, you change your tune
2: yeah yeah it's a uh, it's pretty crazy so i there's a uh, royce young just tweeted out a tweet that i found pretty interesting and i think kind of uh kind of summarizes our thunder fandom right now over the past week and kind of our, our thought process processes uh, royce said 10 days ago the thunder had one of the most expensive rosters in the league and only a handful of future draft assets now they're one deal away from ducking the tax and having war chest draft picks quite a quick turn of events yeah no crap uh and you know that's due to them shipping out a lot of players oh hey and i know i use that same exact same exact transition as last night but bear with us here you know i only have so much to work with so speaking of shipping no matter what you're selling amazon that's your own website and like the uncontested sports.com or bluewire.com. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, BlueWire listeners and the uncontested listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days and use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. To start your free trial without even entering your credit card info, which is pretty rare these days. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. Everybody uses Amazon these days, it seems like. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit shipstation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com, then enter the promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Holy ship, the Thunder traded for Chris Paul.
4: Okay,
2: so
1: so let's kind of shift gears a little bit here. Um, I'm going to name a player, and I want you guys to tell me if that player will be in a Thunder uniform on opening night. Okay.
4: No, (laughs) is the answer to my question already.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, Let's just go. Here's our order, and we'll go in this order for every player. Um, Justin will answer first, then Taylor, then Nick. Cool?
4: Man, that's messed up.
1: We'll go Justin, Taylor, Nick, and then we'll flip, and we'll go reverse order. Nick, Taylor, Justin. Taylor will just perpetually be be stuck in the middle. First one. (laughs) Perfect. Justin, you're first up. I want to know will Andre Robertson be on this team on opening night? Mm, no. Taylor?
2: No.
4: Nick. I say yes.
1: Okay. Next one, Patrick Patterson, Nick. Will he be on the roster opening night?
4: No.
2: Taylor? I said uh, no for Robertson, so I think that means yes for Patterson. Okay, Justin. Uh, I
3: hope
1: not, but I think yes. Okay, uh, next one. Let's go with Stephen Adams. Taylor?
3: Yep. Yes.
1: Justin? Nick?
3: Nope, you're a monster. Oh, wow.
1: You're a monster. Where is he going to go?
4: I see Stephen Adams on my closet playoff team, the Kings. God.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Uh next one. Who am I putting on this list next?
4: Oh, let's just yeah, get out of the way. Yeah, no,
1: no shit. Nick, so- you're first up on this one. Chris Paul. Will he be on the roster opening night?
4: I have a bad feeling that even though Miami quote unquote still might have interest, I just have a bad feeling. He's still going to be on the roster.
2: Nick is getting all the <laughs> wrong answers right now. Taylor.
4: He is.
2: He is. Um, so I have that bad feeling as well, but I'm still going to say he is not because I think what well, Presley will go ahead and, and do whatever he needs to, to make sure that isn't the case, particularly when he talks. to am a nope agent.
3: also.
1: All right. Um who else is even on this team anymore? Uh we all Dennis Schroeder. Oh, Schroeder's a good one. So Taylor, you tell me, Schroeder, yes or no?
2: I think yes. I think he uh I think he could be a potential uh trade deadline no. type uh, target. Okay.
1: Justin? Nope. He's not gonna be on opening night. Uh Nick.
4: Uh no.
1: Okay. Uh we're all in agreement, yes on Shea. We're all in agreement, yes on Ferguson. Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. We're all in agreement. Yeah. Yeah, yes, sorry. on Hamadou yes. Diallo.
4: Yep. yep. Uh,
1: here's an interesting one whose guaranteed day got put back Ooh. to ju- pushed back to July 15th. Abdul Nader. Nick, where's Ab? Is, 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 not where is he going to be, but is he going to be in Oklahoma City?
4: Uh, can my answer be? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. I don't know. I mean. Whether it's a yes or no, I don't really think even on a rebuilding team, I don't know how many minutes he's gonna get if we're trying to develop some of these other young wings.
2: Kyle Singler two point baby. Uh um anybody else?
1: Any any other players that make sense to to bring this question up? Oh. H- Homie will still be in town.
2: Deonte. Uh, Deontay? I think he'll still be Nerland's there. New Orleans Noel will still be here opening night. Oh, yeah. Musky. Oh, he will be there.
4: Damn it. I've got a I got a first question. Yeah. yeah. Although we have three-point guards on the roster right now, it's pretty clear we all think that two of those three could be moved. Is Raymond Felton back mm. on this team to mentor SGA?
1: Ooh, that's an interesting question.
2: That's a great question.
4: Cuz he clearly, I mean, if if you watched his exit interviews, he clearly, I mean, obviously this is before the trade, said he wanted to be back. He enjoys mentoring these young guys. He's comfortable in Oklahoma City. You know, obviously the locker room's a little more shaken up now, but... He could really, be, how he could want be, really, really be
1: a vet leader now. Think how fat he could
4: oh, get, yeah. too. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, a Wob tweeted out, he was like, it's only a matter of time before TMC, TMZ comes out with a, an article uh, with pictures of Raymond Felton and Chris Paul hitting up an OKC buffet. <laughs> also, this is interesting. So uh, my, we, my co-workers and my boss and all of us have a group text, and one of my co-workers is actually at the OKC or the, uh, the Thunder. Comedy. Or, gosh, dang it. I'm just, I'm a scrambled mess right now. Yes, yeah, so at Russell Westbrook's and uh, Juice's comedy show in Tulsa. And uh, Russ was there. I'm sure you guys have probably seen the tweets by now. He was supposed to do media avail- availability before, and he waved that off, went up, did a 30 second introduction with Juice, walked off, and said no availability. However, my boss just sent a picture he received from a friend whose family, I think, got like the VIP tickets or whatever. And uh, Russ is still doing pictures with the fans. Now, However, it looks to me that he is wearing one of his inner city shirts and it I could be the lighting. Red. That could yeah, be a red shirt, but that looks like a I red, red a and black shirt to me. That
4: looks red. Red and black. Um, uh, I mean, that could be Miami or Houston. He could have gone in there thinking, man, this <laughs> yes, is kind of messed that's everything. True. I'm sure. I'm sure this has been tweeted out or pointed out in some way, but if CP3 is traded and we trade patterson we no longer have any 30 year olds on the roster that's wild wow.
3: considering that's, uh, that's we kind of cool you know what else is crazy yeah is last week with the rest trade exactly. we officially exactly. have nobody that had any ties to the seattle sonics on the roster so my
2: it's yep. officially a new yep. era that's you exactly what? what i was gonna say maybe my that, question maybe is that ends does that curse. finally
3: end the curse <laughs>
2: Me and Justin are just like the same page no, tonight. There. I feel
3: like, <laughs> uh, I feel oh, like he carries the curse.
2: Right. Yeah. Seattle needs an, or, uh, needs its own, Wolf. its own team. But honestly, I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Oh man. I just, I, I'm, I'm in this super strange, like limbo. Yeah. Uh, feelings where like I've accepted this happening. I, I Feel some excitement about it happening, but at the same time, I just am still am in shock to think what I was thinking at this time exactly a week ago. I think Jacob and I were actually podcasting. Yeah, did we do it Thursday night or maybe it was Monday or Tuesday night? Regardless, Monday night. Okay, okay. Well, still, like just to think like a month ago, difference in my thought process between this time last week.
4: I'll I'll walk you through my Russell Westbrook like scenario in my head. So obviously before yeah. the PG trade in my head, when when Russ was no longer on this team, I pictured him retiring in Oklahoma City. Unfortunately, my image was with no titles because I I honestly with the team we had running it back didn't think that we were gonna, you know, be a real um a real contender. I mean obviously we obviously had a shot. Um but then once he once he announced or once it was announced that he could be traded you know my image in my head switched to okay, that's fine. We're gonna get a young guy out of it, whether it be a Winslow, a hero, someone else, and a bunch of draft picks, and I'm, I would be able to part ways with Russ, knowing that we had youth coming in and could rebuild. Now we get yeah. Chris Paul, and it's just like it's just is nothing like I pictured happening, which which makes it such a weird feeling. Yeah. I. I I could have been, could have exactly been completely – if we would have traded, even if it was for a guy that has never played an NBA game who was just a lottery pick in this most recent draft as the headliner in the trade, I could part ways with Russ comfortably knowing what happened. But it's just like it doesn't It doesn't feel right. There's no closure.
2: Definitely puts a whole new wrinkle in there. So like, what, it was really straight. I'm not sure why, why my phone did this. It might have been something to do. So I was at the gym. When all this news broke. Um, And I had like, was walking back from the, like, taking a quick mid workout pee, which those are just the worst. And I'm like, I'm walking back and uh, I get this call from Jacob and I don't realize it till the end. And I see, and then I open up, like, I unlock my phone to call him back and I already had Twitter pulled up. And so I guess because of that, my Woj notifications, when it's my phone's locked, it pull up. And so I call Jacob and the first thing I see is the Woj tweet. And so I call Jacob and I'm like, Russell Westbrook got traded to Houston. What on like, what the hell? And he goes for Chris Paul. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> because all I saw really fast was was uh, Russell Westbrook's name, Houston Rockets name, and then a bunch of years. So I'm like, OK, we got a bunch of picks. And then uh, like the details will come out about what players they were probably Shumper or somebody. And then uh, Jacob's like, no, dude, like we got Chris Paul. And I, I was the same way you were, Nick. I was just like that. It just presents a whole new wrinkle. I don't know. I I think this is another thing where we'll be podcasting again in a week, two weeks, and we'll be like, okay. So Pressey obviously had this trade lined up uh, that he thought he could make after the Russell Westbrook Chris Paul swap.
4: What makes me so sad is, you know those like T-shirt jerseys? Mm -hmm. I'm wearing my Russell Westbrook T-shirt jersey after work. I put it on. And I literally said uh, to myself, man, this could be the last time I can wear this. this the last time. And it makes sense, you know, like this. And I, I, I met some of my buddies for dinner at Pluckers. If you're from Dallas, you obviously know it's the best Pluckers. wings I in America. Um, side Steph. note. But no, so I, I got there and they're all like, where are you wearing that shirt for? He's about to be traded. And I was like, that's No, know, so maybe the last time I can wear it. And he's actually on the Thunder. And as I'm pulling out of crying. the restaurant, boom. You guys... That's crazy. Yeah.
2: That's so crazy. Yeah, so I had on my OKC City gear. And then uh I I was thinking the same thing. And I was thinking this, I think it was yesterday after we got done podcasting last night. I walked out and I uh last this time last summer um, Arturo, uh, Torres, I think is his last name. He, he's the one who does all the illustrations for Shay. And he came out with that super awesome, uh, drawing of Russ and I knew I had to get it. So I have it. And then it was right around the time, uh, that summer and I moved into this, this new rental house, like right before we got married, like a, a month before we got married. Um, and so I, I put that, I talked her in to, uh, putting my, my Russ mural up. And I have it up there in our, our dining room area. And I literally walked out from the bedroom in the hallway where we were podcasting last night and just saw it. And I just kind of stared there for a second. And I was like, man, like this is, this is, I, I put that up last summer thinking Russell Westbrook's staying here for life. And now like I, I, I'm keeping that poster, but what do I do with that poster? <laughs> you, you know, like so I'm with you, Nick. It's a, that's, that's the part of it that doesn't seem, seem real. And I don't think it will until we literally are
4: watching him and probably
2: shirt. through the entirety, right, next playoffs. Like, I'm not even sure it will seem real watching him and Ru- him and Harden You guys, uh, after you the and, first game or two. You, you and so Tommy are, it's we're talking a,
3: last night about how from day one you guys were Russ diehards. I was in the exact same boat. The first ever Thunder shirt that I bought was a Russell jersey T-shirt, just like what Nick was talking about. That was the first Thunder shirt that I – first piece of thunder apparel period that i purchased and so it's it's just crazy to think that basically as long as the thunder have existed as long as i've been a thunder fan as long as that has been a part of my life it's been russell westbrook at the center of it so i want to kind of wrap this up maybe with one question for everybody which is what's your favorite russ memory So many. There's so. There's so, so many. There's mine's, so mine's many. I,
2: I've got. I've got my three. three. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I, I, know, right. I know. I'm, oh, gonna, rank him, Nick, I'm, I'm, I'm to, gonna rank them though. Nick, you don't
1: get to complain about breaking the rules, Mister. Well, it's not a blockbuster, <laughs> I, I, and it's not a trade. My blockbuster trade <laughs> okay, is the first signing Swaggy P.
4: <laughs> okay, my my memory favorite memory is I've I've talked about this in the pod before, but just the scenario I was in around the people I was around was Russell Westbrook hitting that yeah. nearly half court shot against Denver, the last game of the season to eliminate them from the playoffs and and essentially like break that's the triple so double good. record that same game.
1: That that's got to be one of the best yeah. moments and and just in Thunder basketball history.
4: Yeah, and got Henry. a standing
2: ovation. He from basically lost the MVP with that shot.
4: Yeah. Right. It's amazing. You got NDP chants <laughs> from the Denver crowd. Yeah.
2: That was my number one. Uh I think my number two is that so game good. against the Lakers. The uh, scoop shot? That, that, the scoop oh, shot. Oh, what and a what an iconic moment. That
4: is an iconic video.
2: And then there's that picture of him with the doing the stride yes. mid fist pump. And the, the playoff crowd just in the background yep. going crazy. And that was truly the birth of Thunder playoff basketball during that era with KD, Russ, and then even Harden at, at that point. My number three is that buzzer beater. He I think it was like a random November game he hit against the uh, Warriors when KD passed oh, the ball. Oh, uh, Serge That's missed my, the
1: I, shot. Tawbo saved it from going out of bounds. Russ caught it and pulled up the corner three for the win. I was at that game.
2: Yep. That, those are my three. It's
3: hard, oh,
1: man. Oh, um, God. I don't know. So 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 I'll give some. I'll give two, and they're going to be two different ones than on what have been said because I don't want to repeat things. My favorite Russ dunk ever was the year that Serge Ibaka got hurt in the playoffs uh, against the Spurs yep. or against the Clippers, and then we we won that game and went on to play the Spurs in the conference finals. There was a play where Russ was on the right wing, and he drove in and crossed over and went down the lane and threw down a lefty tomahawk on Kawhi. Uh, yep. that
2: another great one.
1: And also, great. Just talking about this was making I'm it here setting, to heal, y'all. You know, I know, I know the
2: the that. That and Voice Young just tweeted out his end of the era uh, article yeah, not, he wrote. Not, I'm and not I prepared to read I'm gonna, it. I'm, I'm going to tear yeah, it. Yeah,
4: I actually last night. This is your fault, Nick. Russell Westbrook goodbye article. Gosh. And, That's cool. God. I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have it ready for when it happened, and now I feel like it's not good enough, and I need to go back and put more thought into it because it's just a, it's a big moment.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Us blaming Crick Nick fame. for everything on the podcast is becoming one of like the new funniest gags yes. that we do. <laughs> um,
4: but,
1: but my other moment uh, would probably be game four of the NBA finals when things looked hopeless and Russ just said F it and threw everything on his back and went for 41 in an NBA finals yep. game with Dwayne Wade guarding him in South Beach. Um.
2: With LeBron on that, that team, that, yep.
1: That was just iconic, you know, and and different from Kamiar and Taylor and, and a little bit of Justin. You know, Russ wasn't always my favorite player, and I used to get really frustrated with Russ a lot because of his lack of defensive awareness and intensity, um, and and it bothered me. But he's the guy that chose to stick around. You know, Maybe my favorite moment, my favorite Russ moment isn't even an on-the-court moment, but it was whenever I went down to the Chesapeake Energy Arena with my mother uh, and watched Russ's car pull up and park and him walk into the arena amongst the throng of fans to sign the extension and stabilize the team.
2: And his white button down in slacks. (laughs) And then the press conference. Sting for
1: who? You know, Sting for you. That might be my favorite Russ moment because that was really the moment where I was all in on Brody, and and he became the most important player in in basketball history for Oklahoma City more than anybody else. Russ yeah. became the epitome of basketball in Oklahoma at
2: that point. He he might have saved basketball you guys said a lot of the ones that i had
3: kind of earmarked in my head no it's to be expected they're all fantastic moments i think i have a a mental image and honestly i can't even remember what game it's from but do you remember there was the game where i think russ hit a corner three then turned around and high-fived his brother who was in the front row can you guys picture that
4: clip Okay. okay, I, I, I was going to be I think, I was game was three, three, 2016 against the Golden against State the
3: warriors. warriors. Like during the, I middle love that image of you just of three, him and his brother I was like and what it meant to Oklahoma city. And just like you guys said, you know, thunder playoff basketball was something else during that era. But I think the, uh, the, the signing, the extension is a huge one. And just what it meant again, off the court to Oklahoma city, uh, yeah, the Now I Do What I Want commercial was incredible. The Now
2: I Do
4: What I as, Want. It's like
3: mixed feelings as it <laughs> gives me now, but like the I'm coming moment with KD of just, I don't know, I think we felt so betrayed by Kevin Durant that to have a guy like Russell Westbrook on your side and like going to bat for you felt really, really good.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, he was just a dog, you know, just a dog. You know, it you you felt like you had a, a puncher's chance in anything because you just had this guy that yep. just didn't give a shit,
2: you know, who would do whatever. Um God. You know what I'm really not ready for? Not to interrupt, but it just like it just hit me. I was just like, I wasn't even I almost tuned you guys out there for a second because so I was just thinking and reminiscing and like what I'm not ready for is that Russell Westbrook OKC tribute. Maybe it'll be simple. Maybe it'll be nothing more than just, you know, I love you guys, why not? And just a picture of all of his pictures right. throughout his, his time in OKC. <laughs> it's going to be me
1: like that picture that says, says, "Why am I crying in like, the club health? right now?"
4: I know. Yeah. I know we're. I yeah. know we are um, over on time. Can we play one quick gambling game? Yeah. Closest person wins dinner of their choice. How much will the average ticket price be in Houston's first game back in Oklahoma City? Oh, boy! Ticket price. Average ticket price.
2: That's a that's a good one.
4: Because I will be Holy going cow. to that game. I will be uh, driving down from Dallas, regardless of yeah. the week.
2: You know what we need to try and do is, uh, regardless of who it's through. Good luck. We we should try and get as many yeah. press passes as we can for that yeah. game. Like even if we have to like buy two or three tickets in the stands, and then it's like switch. <laughs> I don't or even something. know what the average ticket price <laughs> like, is. It normally. would totally be worth it. Um, it. Is like. Yeah, yeah. I that's yeah. I, I I how's this? I'll tell you. Nosebleeds will probably go for upwards of a hundred and sixty. Is that modest? Wild well, city that's
4: tickets. Pretty. I mean, because
2: they typically go. If you if you go yeah. on a random night in like February to a uh, OKC versus the Wolves last season, it was probably twenty to yeah. forty bucks. Hey, let me tell you guys team. something real and quick. Like, not food. to
1: get off topic from Nick's thing, um, and we will put our predictions out, but. So I split season tickets three ways, my fiancé and I. uh, It's a pair of season tickets. So my fiancé and I, my mom and my dad, and then my grandma and her friend. Okay? And so whenever the schedule comes out every year, we sit down Mm -hmm. and we do a snake draft to choose which games we're going to because we have to split them three ways. Yeah, right. Is there any question what the number one overall pick is going to be? Like, there's no question at all right like (laughs) yeah that's a great point physically harm my grandmother
4: (laughs) i believe (laughs) unless i'm wrong out of division western conference teams you play three times in a season outside of like one random division you're matched with you play four times um there's a
1: possibility he possibility comes back we only, he only twice. comes
4: back one time yeah yeah
1: either they'll play twice in oklahoma city and once in houston or twice in houston once in oklahoma city right. i'm gonna say average ticket price of 175 dollars.
4: Right. yeah yeah fair
2: so uh it's unreal i can't believe we're talking any, about this uh, no more emergency. Anything else involved. you guys
1: want to uh, want to get off your chest before we <laughs> we hang up the line here?
2: I think it's gonna. Right, that's true. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I think this is something that's gonna take a while to digest. Like, uh, I probably won't be able to get a, a full heartfelt goodbye, whether that's in form of writing, whether that's in form of uh, some sort of audio, whether I release that individually or release that here. Or, where we all do it on a podcast. I think it's going to take a while for that to to set in, but just like off the top of my head, I just, I think uh, I just want to say thank you to Russ um, for his commitment to OKC, uh, what he brought to the city and this culture and this, uh, the organization as a whole, this community as a whole, it it wasn't just Oklahoma city. It was truly the state of Oklahoma and uh, just what he represented, even through the good and bad. He he was, I mean, it, it, there's a reason he was one of my favorite players and uh like there's a reason that people joked around in college and called me brody um there's a reason my dog or named after thunder players and there's a reason russell westbrook's jersey was the first uh first thunder jersey i ever bought because he was my favorite player since day one and uh i don't see that changing yes. you know, before russ got drafted it was Allen iverson uh back in my old uh, back in my parents house i have an alan iverson fathead <laughs> up on the wall and i've said that early on when we first started this podcast but uh That was very quickly taken over by Russell Westbrook when he came to the league, and I I just am very grateful, uh, even just from a personal standpoint, just for the opportunity to get to witness Russ, to get to witness these past 11 years of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. We truly are spoiled as a fan base, as crazy as that seems to be able to draft those three guys and Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and to experience this entire ride for it not to fall apart until now. I mean, it truly is just a blessing and uh, I've enjoyed every second of it. And it's because of that, that's led us and myself to you guys and uh, starting this podcast and this new hobby that I never could have dreamed of. And uh, I'm just, I'm super grateful for that opportunity and uh, just a really excited, optimistic about our future as a podcast group of friends, but also I the organization as a whole. Pushy. And uh, that's, a huge part of that is due to Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry, that was very long. I, am, I have nothing I else talk. to
3: say. I know.
2: Mike, drop. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I'm sure over over time we'll we'll dig deeper in. Uh, we just wanted to get our reactions out there uh, for our listeners so they can kind of hear our thoughts and, and our, our initial reactions. But this isn't something that we, we talk about on a podcast and then it just kind of goes away. I mean, this is literally the epitome of Oklahoma city basketball. So this we'll be talking about this five years from now, you know? Um,
2: Absolutely. Whether that's in a positive light or a negative light (laughs) remains to be seen.
1: Um, So, okay. Well, Let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find Blue Wire on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods. We have tons of awesome NBA pods on Blue Wire, so you should go and check those out. You can find The Uncontested anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would mean a ton to us. You can find us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. We'll have a lot of Russell Westbrook thoughts coming over the next few days. You can find Justin at OKC Tracker. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. Nick is at Crane, MBA. I am at Thunder Mob 405. Again, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for all the support. Like Taylor mentioned part of the reason this podcast exists is because of russell westbrook and our shared love of oklahoma city basketball and and what he meant it's how we all met it's how we all started this podcast um so we really appreciate those of you who feel like us in that love of basketball so thank you guys so much we will be back with you uh we have a podcast scheduled for monday unless other things happen over the weekend um as Justin said to the rest of us yeah. in our podcast Slack the other night, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. <laughs> Brody forever. Y'all take it easy. We'll talk to you later. Hang in, there, Thunder
0: fans. Why not? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.